This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. We can't... Oh, my God. Uh, Welcome to... (laughs) We... Hello, everybody, and woohoo! Welcome to We Say Things, episode 62, Suns fan. And I just literally spat all over my monitor, but it's okay. <laughs> this is a great beginning to the episode. My name is Suns fan. Uh, Cinderin is the other guy. Hello. Greetings. See, this is, this is something our podcast can do that others can't. You can mess up the intro, and then instead of re-recording the first three seconds, you just, you just roll with it, you know? We don't... Yeah, of course. We don't answer to anyone. That's right. We That's have no great. sponsors. Who do we have to answer to? Other than our terrific patrons who encourage our stupid behavior. Uh, let, let's do our, our shout-outs as per norm for the beginning here, Cinderman. Uh, this is for the In Bruges tier. I will start, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Thank you. To I pinch the tip of my penis to enter Ultra Instinct. Bacon. No, not that bacon. The other bacon. Lick, Puco, Tickles, Houston Adamo, Shark Trademark, Hoey988. He actually deleted the period at the end of his name. I've noticed. I noticed little details. Pog underscore enthusiast, freshly seasoned goat balls, change will happen, Poop Feast 420, Hugh G. Rection, and Ben Broomhead has a broomhead. Ben Jackson is superior. And the second half. Dop. Then I'm not sure how to pronounce this. I think it means something with scientist Kocham To Uchuche or something. We'll go with that. Okay. Fane underscore man. Ben Jackson is a liar. Don't listen to him. Ben Broomhead is super chill and very cool. Then that's about as far as his name can stretch in this, I think. <laughs> Pitch Black, Fellowship of the Ping, DG, Terry Tip, Wooden Aftertaste, Duntalk. The Coward, Dyslexic Lawyer, Anonymous, and Ronnie Keel. Thank you guys, as always, very much yes, for your thank you to your support. So very much for watching In Bruges and supporting the show, unlike one of the hosts. Okay, yes. Cinderin. I think we can get right in to the last week, because as we kind of talked about at the end of last week, we were expecting Aghanim's The Game Mode to be released, and it was on schedule. Valve schedule, that is. So Aghanim's Labyrinth has been a success, I would say. But we'll talk about that uh, probably Mm -hmm. at the end. We can give our ratings or whatever the hell we want to do. But for those that have been living under a rock for the last week, Cinder, which I I don't even know if you've played it, actually. I I heard you. Oh, okay. Uh, It's free for everyone. It's a 4v4 co-op randomized dungeon crawler. So it feels very fresh to play it over and over again. Uh, it has upgradable skills at the end of each little mini section uh, that are not like regular things you get in Dota. They just buff your skills beyond belief. There is a skill tree in the Dota client that you can use these little shards on or whatever they're called 
to upgrade. There's four skill levels, There's and you have to go in order. So there's Apprentice, Magician, Sorcerer, and Grand Magus. And then what actually started today was the Aghanim's Trial. So basically like a speed run of, I believe it's the second difficulty rating, which is Magician. Uh, so what did you, and I, I guess we should mention that they came out with a big update a couple days after that kind of, uh, they fixed a lot of stuff, but then they also nerfed a lot of things and people were not happy at all because it's a very hard game mode in general. Uh, but then they came out with a second update that kind of remedied that to a degree where they made bosses a lot easier for the first two difficulties. What did you think? What do you think of this game mode? Just of the game mode overall, uh, I think yes. it's fun. I like, I like Siltbreaker. I like, I like. I mean, challenge maps where you need to, you know, work together uh, that have ramping up difficulty, so everybody can play along in the start, and then it gets really challenging. Uh, maybe the first level is actually too challenging. Just a uh, apprentice could maybe be a little bit easier to get more people on board, but. Um, the game, I think the game is really well designed. I think it's very clear they put in a lot of effort in not just, you know, making the map, but like thinking of new items for it, thinking of the modifiers for it, thinking of, you know, how to balance things around it. And yeah, whether this first balance patch should have happened the way it did or not is a separate issue. But just the map itself, I think, is really well made. Uh, and I have had fun playing it. I think I've played it. I want to say six or seven times now, I think. Um, what level did you I get to, Cinderin? Don't be ashamed. Uh, I'm on Sorcerer now, so I've beaten Shit. Apprentice and Magician. Okay, very good. Um, well done. Well done. Which, already on Magician level, it starts getting pretty challenging in certain parts. Um, and then, obviously, there's the nature of the game that it's a lot of RNG, right? Like, do you get the right... Because when every time you can select skills, some of them are just clearly better than others, and I mean mm. that's fine, right? It, it doesn't all have to be equally good. Uh, and what items you find for your heroes is also random, so it's kind of like they took the, all right, let's take random neutral item RNG from Dota and then let's spice it up a bit and add more elements uh, to to make it as challenging as possible, right? Or make it as random as possible. Um, but that also makes, it's kind of like, I don't know if you're familiar with a game like uh, Slay the Spire. No. Nope. Have you heard of that? I've heard of it, yes. It's, yeah, so it's, a, it's basically a card game RPG kind of where you cha travel through rooms and you need to beat enemies. And then every time you get new cards or get modifiers for how your combat works. And sometimes you get the dream run where you just smash everything. And other times it feels impossible. And then when you hit that dream run, it feels super rewarding because you you got something cool going. You got lucky and now you're owning, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of a bit like that with with this labyrinth as well, which, you know, it's good and bad at the same time. Uh, you need to put in sometimes multiple games to get good stuff because you're unlucky. Um, but that's how it is. Yeah, I think... Yeah, overall, uh, great, great work on this one, I think. Yeah, I, I'm going to give my rating now. We, can, we don't have to do the ratings for both of us right now if you don't want but because i want to expand on it but i i actually would give this a five out of five horse heads i think this was <clears throat> i can't actually tell if i like this more than like the ones that we talked about the mm -hmm. wraith knight and there was the moon something there's like two yeah. or three or like the where waves are coming in at you and you have to defeat them and yeah. then you get to the wraith boss knight. i mean this is basically that but it, more 
uh, elaborate, right? Because you have to go through different rooms. You can, uh, you have little different mini sections, like mini games here and there. So it feels much more fleshed out than usual, um, which I can appreciate. I think it's extremely well done. I thought it was too hard to start, honestly. I think uh, they cater a little bit, especially with that first update, they cater a little bit too much to the pro players that were just defeating the highest level or what they, I think it was actually the third level at that point. But mm-hmm. um, then they ended up making it a little bit easier the first two. So I think it's at a pretty yeah. good spot. The only maybe negative I can think of, I wish they added more heroes. Um, yeah. Like I was thinking how fucking fun Centaur would be, for example. Holy crap. That hero would feel so good in this mode. Um, and same like Axe. Like I love these tanky guys, but... Right, uh, and I was actually expecting them maybe to add them like a week or two in, so we'll see. Um, yeah, they might put in more heroes to keep it fresh and interesting. Um, I don't. I think the tricky thing about maps like this is that if you want to stay true to the heroes' spell kits, which they largely have, like some spells are slightly modified, but for the most part, it's the same as the usual hero. There's just a lot of heroes that flat out won't be good, like just yeah. unless you make make their numbers absurd. Like, somebody like Axe would be absolutely terrible on bosses, right? Mm-hmm. He would be great on the waves, but then on bosses he would be awful. And I think that's something they've done with the kit right now, is that most heroes, at least, if not all of them, have something very useful. Maybe you could do something with Axe. I don't know. Just as an example, possibly. Uh, but yeah, it's been it, it's been really good. I don't know if I will want to give it a rating, but... Like in comparison to other custom games we've had in Dota 2, I think this is the best, or at least one of the few best, right? Like, what have we even had from Valve? Yeah, uh, I think we've it's had either this Wraith Knight or Overthrow. Um, mm. There was one. I mean, the thing about these though that is unfortunate, and I can't really blame Valve for. At a certain point, they just forget about them. Mm. Uh, and they stop updating, like they end up breaking because we've talked about this before, how custom games just break when just some yeah. random update comes out and then they just leave it to die and then somebody <laughs> copies everything and makes a new mod <laughs> and makes money off of it. Like, that's, isn't that weird? That's so weird yeah. that we know that this is going to happen and nothing's going to be done about it. But Okay, I think this is the second best map because I think Siltbreaker was the best. Oh, um, okay. But I think this appeals to more people which is a really good thing so like subjectively okay this is going to sound weird maybe subjectively i think Siltbreaker was the best but from an objective standpoint if you could ever think of it that way i would say this is the best one they've made yeah i think it's where it's more suited for everyone i think right than the other matters but we've talked about this so many times i'm just not a big rpg guy so Siltbreaker was never my thing anyway but i can appreciate that it was very well made but something like this this is more my style uh, for yeah. sure. And I think the fact that, I mean, what do you think of like the upgrades? The ta- uh, What are they called? Are they talents in the client where you uh, unlock them with shards or whatever they get called? Those, oh, that? Yeah, I think it's fun. It's, uh, it's an added layer. It's something for people to look forward to. It makes it feel like even if you lose, you gain something. Like you mm-hmm. progress in a bar, uh, which every, you know, that's a classic component of any roguelike game is... At some point, you hit a little bit of a wall, and then you're going to die because it's too hard. But then at some point, you get an extra unlock or an extra this or that, and then you can push through and overcome a challenge. Uh, I would say the talent tree in client is, until the lower talents far down, 
a lot of the stuff seems relatively unimpactful though like it's yeah. not very big i'm actually going to show this in game because i do want to talk about this briefly uh if we go into the agonim section um i love the idea of this okay the concept i really like i just like you said they're very unimpactful like even at the highest level uh you start the run with one additional life. That's obviously good, but you go like one down, which is up in this case, four intelligence, 6% spell amp. Like a lot of this stuff just doesn't feel like it really matters that much. Like it gives you a small edge, but it there's doesn't feel some, good. It doesn't feel that good to unlock, you know? There's some really good stuff at the bottom of agility. Um, like Two damage I per think level. The dragon, the, dra the dragon potion upgrade is crazy. The one to the right there. Mm. Um because I think in the higher difficulties, Dragon Potion seems like something that will be really, really powerful in general. And now when you buff that like that, it's it's big. Two damage per level is also really big. If it's base damage, I don't know if it is. Um, if that is base damage, that's big too. Because then the base damage can crit too, right? Mm -hmm. If it's plus damage, it's not as good, but it's still... Um, or well, it can crit anyway. Sorry about that. That's not... But you know, you know what I mean. Like the way you can modify it. Uh, on some heroes, right? Whether it's base damage or not base damage matters. Oh, does it in this? I don't actually. Whatever. It's still good. Well, either Getting way. Getting 50 I, damage for free is still great. I so. mean, some of this stuff is cool, but I, again, love the idea. I just wish they were a little bit more impactful. But that's honestly a small... Yeah. If I gave it 5 out of 5, then that's a very small gripe. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the Aghanim's Trials, which are actually ongoing right now? So essentially speedrunning the second difficulty. You can see everybody's using the same comp, <laughs> which I'm sure there's <laughs> going to be like a, a nerf tomorrow or a buff to some heroes to make them more viable. Uh, but what do you think of this idea where each region kind of gets their own time slot, as it were? People can kind of choose which part they want to, or which one they want to take part in. And then whoever is the fastest will get a baby, was it the baby Roshan? It's Shoot. a Roshan courier, yeah. I can actually bring it up here. So how is it? It's the fastest team get one each. And I believe so, yes. Every week there is one random team that also gets one if they complete the game. I think that's how it is. Oh, okay. Um, or either either it's complete the game or just beat the first boss, which would be level five, right? One so randomly selected like team that random. defeats Act 1 boss will also receive the interdimensional baby Roshan What's Award. Act 1? Is that the first boss? Couldn't tell you. I'm guessing that's the boss on level five. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. Act one boss. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, first through third, we'll get Kunkka shoes, which mm -hmm. are very cute. They have a little piranha slash tight hunter little thing coming out of the shoes. Uh, first through 10th, we'll get a random arcana and weekly in game effect for just beating the first bosses in Aghanim's effect. So, that's pretty cool. Wonder how long that lasts for. Is that like a permanent thing? That says weekly, right? So weekly in-game effect. Okay. So it's probably it lasts for one week, and then there's probably a new effect next week, or the same one again, but you have to beat it again to keep it or something. Right. That's my guess. Okay. Um. Okay. So I mean, I think this is cool. Um. Obviously, whenever you put in a mode and you give rewards like this, um, there are some things that you need to consider, like balance, bug abuse, um how hard you want to monitor it like do you want to individually go through each of the top uh submissions of times and make sure that they did it legit 
what are the rules? Is it anything goes or is it, uh, is there something that you're going to disqualify? That's something that Valve have signed up for here, right? Like they have to monitor it to some extent. Uh, yeah. I don't know who's going to do it. I don't know how much work it's going to be, but imagine the top hundred are all people that abused a bug. Then you need to check each and every one to make sure they they bug abuse so that you can disqualify them before you, you get to the that, real submissions, like, right? But then what, where do you draw the line on what is a bug abuse? That's the other right. thing, which is always challenging with stuff like this. Like, yeah, what what if it turns out a hero has an error that makes it deal fifty more damage than it was supposed to? Is that just oh well, or Probably. is every submission <laughs> with that hero void? No, I highly doubt that. It's just a, right. I think so too. I think that's not a disqualification. But what if people found a way to fly over walls on every hero, for example? Then suddenly, mm. you know, then you skip all the trial rooms really fast, or like whatever it is, um, without losing lives. But yeah, just the concept of doing this, I think is super cool. It's fun. It's interactive. I think it's something for a lot of people to really spend time on and play the game more. And that's what we want, right? We want people to be active in Dota. Uh, and I think this is a nice boost to the game because both the hardcore people that really want to place high on the ladder will play a lot and be there and really theory craft and put in a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. And everybody else who just wants to play casually will play it and have a chance of winning as well. So that's good. Yeah, I think they did a really, really good job. Uh, I feel really bad putting all my points into the strength side, by the way, because it's easily the worst. Um, of course, this was all done in like the first day or two when it came out. They're like, oh, I want to play a tank. And it turns out you don't really need a tank center. You need Tusk and three DPSers, as of today at least, until that gets nerfed. Mm. Um, okay, well, let's transition from that into Aghanims himself, which I guess on the video we can just show his body. So the SFM came out, which was incredible, as always. Uh, what do you think? So first of all, do we, we both agree now that at the end of this event, Aghanim, the hero, will be released most likely, right? We think that is possible, at least, yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm personally expecting it. But oh, really? Yes, I'm expect, I would actually be surprised if it doesn't come out. I think that would be weird okay. to introduce a new character like this and not come out the hero afterwards. Uh, the question is when that afterwards is. Like, is yeah, okay. Remember, is I mean, a... if we're talking afterwards could be in half a year, then I'm kind of with you. Then Aghanim <laughs> will be in the game probably. Well, no. Like, even like let, let's say the end of the battle pass. That's maybe the worst case scenario. That's the latest that this would happen. But uh, yeah, I would expect that for sure. Anyway, what do you think of the hero based on what we've seen so far? Would love a review on this. Uh, I like the voice acting. I think it's pretty good. Um... It's probably not one of my favorites, but it's still definitely solid in within the game. It's good quality. Uh, he has four arms. Everybody was expecting me to talk about that because I don't <laughs> like extra arms. Uh, yes, and? I would say on Aghanim, it's... I think there's a bit of a difference between it being part of the character and having it as a cosmetic, you know what I mean? Like, where they just put it on as, like, an extra feature on, like, Bane or on... AA. Shadow Although on Demon. Bane, I think it really fits because he's like nightmare material, right? And that's one of those... I think it... My gripe was when people put extra arms and stuff where it doesn't fit the character. Or it doesn't like have no, anything you could, to do with the character. You could have the or, opinion that four arms does not fit this character at all. Yeah. It's just like, I don't really know the character very well, right? Based on what we've seen, I don't think it's that absurd. And I think his okay. lore is that he's like... He's like overwhelmed with greed of getting power, right? Isn't mm -hmm. that kind of his lore, Aghanim? Like he's, he has gone the full distance to become the most powerful wizard ever. And maybe that comes at the cost of growing extra limbs or 
<laughs> I don't fucking know. Right. Well, uh, the the rumor I, I was looking Maybe at some of the voice lines. Power like obviously, up. Slacks would have a lot more information on this than us. But uh, he was rumored to be dead until now. Yeah. So does that have something to do with his foot? Did he have four arms before? He looks nothing like Rubik, who is his supposed son. He does wear a mask, but he definitely doesn't have four arms. His yeah. Arcana doesn't even have four arms, believe it or not, Cinder, the Rubik Arcana. Uh, he also has horns. I mean, the, when I first saw him, I thought he looked like a heavily deformed Darkseer. That was the first thing that popped in my head. Like, he looks weird as fuck. So my take is I am not a huge fan of the model. It's obviously any model that you're going to have in Dota is going to look worse when you blow it up like 10 times like he is in the end yeah. screen, right? So you can't say for sure. I will say, and this is going to be contrary to, I believe, what is considered the consensus on Reddit at the very least, his personality is amazing. <laughs> I fucking love how stupid and goofy he is i think he's hilarious mm. and the fact that everybody thought he was gonna be this super serious wizard like the greatest wizard of all time they're thinking like voldemort's status he's got to be evil you know he his son is this demented the rubik is very silly in himself so it does make sense once you think about it i yeah. think his personality is like 10 out of 10 it's my i'm trying to think of a hero that i actually like the personality more like tidehunter kunkka those come to mind um, there's a few others, obviously, but this, I'm very excited. I can overlook the model, which I hate right now, for the amazing personality. I'm a huge fan. So I just can't get Darkseer out of my mind, though. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Aghanim Scepter is named after the character in Zelda called Aghanim, right? Supposedly. And it's a typo, That's the trivia, and yeah. it's never been confirmed, right? So in Zelda, it's spelled A-G-A-H-N-I-M. Uh, and I think it just made its way into Dota uh, that way. So what I was what I was wondering was if this Aghanim character would pay homage to Aghanim from Zelda. You can Google it if you want to see what he looks like. Um, Please just he's basically. It's kind of hard to describe. I'll send you a picture. Give me a second. Well, I'm not gonna uh, be able to look at it on look at look at it via the podcast though. I'll describe I it for it to you on guys. Discord. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. You can describe it then. Actually, maybe. Can I put this on the screen? This would be ingenious if I can figure this out somehow, Cinderin. One moment. Ingenious. Take... I will be a literal genius if this works. God, I'm fucking good. In-game browser. So this is uh, a Ghanim from Zelda. I've never played Zelda in my entire life. I know I'm weird. Yeah, that's this is that's like a, a boss. That this is, is an evil guy. Okay, listen, that is so much worse than not watching in Bruges. Okay, can I just say that not having played any Zelda game, you don't yeah. have to play all of them. You don't even have to play half of them. Never played one second but, of a Zelda game in my life. Wow. Or Pokemon. Unbelievable. Pokemon as well. I wasn't into Beanie Babies Unbelievable either. Unbelievable times too. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> wow. So anywho, oh, you just I'm lost looking all forward credibility. to this year. With video games. That's like fine. You, I, how can you ever know anything about games if you haven't played Do you think two? I had any credibility to begin with? Do you think people come to me for knowledge on Dota, Cinderin? Knowledge Dota, on... But maybe, maybe other things. <laughs> what, like in Bruges? Like, exactly, in Bruges. Yeah, I guess See, they me come to not you for playing knowledge Zelda. on videos and basketball. 
NBA, have you heard the news? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, that is Aghanim. I'm personally really excited and expecting him. Um, we can actually, you want to theorycraft what his, maybe not all his, but like one, one ability of his would be. Because the one that's in the game is he takes, he doesn't, I don't think he, he doesn't actually steal your ability. He just disables it. He disables it. a spell, yeah. So it's like a lock, essentially. Do you think that that would be too powerful? I mean, obviously, it depends on the implementation. Does that interest you at all, that potential skill? Um, I think the problem with a mechanic like that is how do you do it? Do you make it random, which spell it locks? Or do you let the player choose which spell to lock? And if you make the player choose, does he do it on one hero or on multiple heroes? Right. Because I think if it's random, it's bad. I think that is not good spell design yeah, I because doubt it would ever be random. But like, then if it's you're something against, I mean, you could imagine easily how stupid that would be. Like one hero, you have a thirty-three percent chance of screwing them over, and sixty-six that it doesn't matter as half as much, you know, mm -hmm. based on which spell you lock. So, um, well, I think also keep in mind um, if God, what was I talking about? You made me lose my train of thought as usual, Cinderin. The spell lock, right? It <clears throat> if. Let's say it's the last skill that you use, similar to what Rubik would do, but you're locking right. it. That that's basically time dilation, right? That's just another way of having time dilation. Um, um, time dilation, you can lotus orb off, for example, right? There's ways yeah. to dispel it. It's not. I mean, it's pretty much exactly the same, isn't it? Very close. I mean, it it's depends. close enough you that I don't the... think they would do that. There's a possibility you could implement something like make it an ulti, right? Let's say it's his ulti, and then instead of targeting one hero, it targets an AoE where everybody affected can't cast the last spell they used for X seconds, and it's undispellable. Well, what that if you what if it's like in the mini game where you actually have to attack a shard that's revolving around the hero instead of the hero itself? So it's I a mini game within could, Dota, yeah. Cinderin. Huh? I don't know. Huh? Like th that's the thing about this hero is with what we've seen in the mod. I, or in the custom game, I, I don't know like what really inspires. I don't know if there's any clue if he were to be a hero of what spells he would have apart from the spell lock, right? Like the orbs that he sends out that fly out. Not I love that global spear. Yeah, the spear is Mars spear. Take him so to the not... other side of the map, Cinder, and that sounds amazing. Goodness. Um, don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't Rubik. know. So I have I have no clue. Um, okay. But I very much welcome the idea of having Aghanims as a hero, obviously. It would be super cool to have a new hero and have it be like a caster-focused int kind of thing. Now, Cinderin, um, but think about the possibility of Aghanim holding an Aghanims and how excited I would be in a cast when instead of disabling one ability, it disables everyone's abilities. That's his Aghanims upgrade, okay? I think it would be funny if he... <laughs> couldn't buy Aghanims because he starts with it. Because <laughs> of his fucking scepter. <laughs> Why would he buy it? The one hero with no Aghanims is Aghanim himself. Oh my god, the jokes. It's like that. you go to the store, you go to the store and you buy your own shoes that you're wearing when you go there. Why would you do that? Yeah, I mean, Jordan does that. Every A lot of people do that in the NBA, at least. No, and the exact pair you're wearing. You bring your shoes to the store, you give them to the store yes. and then you buy them. I, I think people do that too. They buy the same shoes over and over. 
for their entire lives. They use the, the same, same shoes. exact pair. Same Not exact the same pair. Type. So yes, they yeah. go back in time and get their they exact pair. They go back to the shoes. store, give them the shoes they're wearing, and buy them again for no reason. Yes, Surely. I'm that sure happens all the time. Yeah. All right, moving yeah. on. I mean, I, that um, sounds like a funny prank. <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to him, though. I think he's going to be a cool yeah. hero. You sound super convinced he's coming out. I'm still not sure, man. I'm still not sure. Yeah, I would be shocked. I would legitimately be shocked if he's not out by mid-September. I think he'd be out way before that, by the way. I think in the next month he'll be out. Because uh, there's no TI, remember. So yeah. no reason to but hold he, on to that. It's unlikely he doesn't become a hero ever, right? I Okay, but, here's the thing, right? If you're going to make... so. They've had they've made other models for for mini games before, but none of them mm-hmm. have like the lore implicate. Like right. there's so much lore. Like we've been talking about Agnum for so long. You think they're not going to make a hero atom? Of course they're making a hero atom. I th- like that's one hundred percent in my mind that that's happening. Mm-hmm. When that happens, I don't know. But again, I would be surprised if it's not soon. Yeah, like, I would be surprised. If why would you create a model him. for him and then not release him within the next month or two? That well, I find, to put I in a lot weird. of effort into the custom game. We know that they like to kill two birds with one stone, Cinderin. Come on, that they're trying to be as efficient min-maxers as possible. So, moving on to 7.27b, which is the big hero patch, as it were. I figured instead of going through the whole thing and making this an eight-hour video, I highlighted a few of the changes that I wanted to talk about with you, if that's okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, These are pretty good. There's a lot of reworks. There's a lot of reverts. And other interesting highlights. So let's start, and I'm going to actually show this for the video people out there. Uh, don't mind my face. I'm not moving it. Bloodseeker. Uh, let's just talk about the interesting parts, which is Blood Rage and Thirst. So Blood w- Blood Rage has been reworked. It decreases your attack speed. I'm just going to talk about increases. level 4. Senator, I'm trying to read here, okay? Don't interrupt me, yeah, even if I'm wrong. You're really not doing very well. You got five <laughs> words in before you misread. Increases your attack speed by 140 and your spell amp by 24% drains 3% max HP per second. Self or ally hero cast provides half attack speed for allies. Last eight seconds, blah, 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 not lethal. First thing I thought of was Underlords. This is literally from Underlords, right? Oh, uh, really? Is, yes, like him, him decreasing HP. Of course, it was oh, passive yeah, that's true. in that. That part, yeah. Still. Um, and it can now be cast without interrupting movement, which is a great quality of life improvement. And then Thirst no longer grants attack speed. It now provides 15% of max HP as a heal for creep kills and 30% for hero kills. Grants half healing if you're within 300 radius of a dying enemy creep or hero. So what do you think of these changes? I actually have not seen this hero yet in this patch. Have you? Uh, I've seen it played. It seems pretty awful. Actually, you know, when this changes came out, this hero had the lowest win rate I've ever seen in Dota. I think he was on 35%. He dropped like 13% with this patch. 13 percentage points in win rate when this came out in the B version. Then he got buffed in C by a bit. And obviously the hero (laughs) is probably not that bad that he gets a one out of three games victory. But um, I was looking at the winner and I'm like, holy shit, that's so low. And it was my win rate with the hero, Cinder. I just embarrassed myself. <laughs> <laughs> 39.6% on Divine and above right now. Yeah, just uh, terrible. Um, but bad. it's better because what it was in B was 35. 
So hmm. whenever a hero gets reworked this hard, I think it takes people time to understand that they need to revise the way they play it. If you play Bloodseeker the same way you always did, it's probably going to suck, right? Mm. When it gets reworked this hard. So you need to develop new item builds. You need to understand how strong you are at different points in the game, what timing you're aiming for, um, when you want to fight, when you want to farm. That takes time. But that said, I have not seen this for any other hero that got reworked that it was this drastic, which leads me to believe that this hero is pretty shit right now. Like, well, we should even also with mention... all those factors, it's still an absurdly low win rate he had in the start. He he did get updated. Blood Rage self damage uh, was reduced slightly by 0.2 percent, yeah. and then the mana cost also uh, reduced. So and he got more for thirst kills, and he got better blood rate. Like it, it's kind of like all of his spells got buffed in the C patch, and he still sucks. So so we'll he see. sucks I think right he'll now. Get more buffs, but but let's talk you... about the concept. Yes, right? exactly. Like not Tell me. not how good he is right now. So um. I think the idea that thirst gets the gets the heal is fine. I think it's cool. Um, it makes it it makes it kind of a much better spell in lane uh, than the old one. When oh, isn't this the know, old if, one? Isn't that the really old one? Thirst. Oh, it could be. I honestly I don't remember anymore when you healed I'm with Bloodseeker. In, in my sure mind, he always healed with Blood Rage, but it might be thirst years ago. It's yeah, possible. I think it was. Um, I don't know about this Blood Rage design, though. It it seems like, you know, it's like a steroid you can cast on yourself or an ally at the cost of health, which sounds kind of cool. But yeah, so so maybe the concept, again, it's fine. It's just the numbers need tweaks, but that's a different story. And then Blood Rage mm -hmm. is kind of the same as always, right? Yeah. So the trade-off, the, if you want to boil it down, Blood Rage has lost the healing component and instead become an aggressive spell that you cast on allies or yourself. Um, I think it's fine. It's just the numbers are off, but there's nothing wrong with this conceptually, I think. it's. Do you uh, think we're going to see any more interesting builds? Like, I mean, when I first read this, Armlet came to mind. Is the old Bloodseeker Radiance? Because Radiance was, I mean, it's not that unusual to see on him, I suppose. But like back in the day when Thirst, in my memory at least, used to mm. uh, heal via killing creeps, Radiance was very common. I don't know if that actually is going to be the case or not. Do you think that's a potential? I, I think... I think there's, like, just off the top of my mind, I think Bloodseeker has to get a lifesteal item, and he has to get probably a farming item. So I would say Maelstrom or Battle Fury could possibly be a build Ooh. into Satanic. I think you want Satanic early on this hero. The problem is just, like, if you go Maelstrom, Satanic, what's your damage, right? Like, you boost your attack speed with Blood Rage, but not your damage anymore. It's only mm. attack speed. So maybe you also have to buy a damage item. And then at that point, it's like, okay, why are you picking this hero over other heroes if you need three key items before you truly feel strong in fights? Then you could have also had an anti-mage or a specter or, you know, Medusa. The list goes on. If it's just about, like, farming up for late game. Bloodseeker obviously offers something in the way of fighting, right? So that's the trade-off. Like, you get blood right, you get rupture. If it's a good game for it, who knows? But I've just not been impressed by this hero with everything I've seen yet. Um, but conceptually, it, I think blood rage is interesting. Give it ten patches. 10 mini patches, yeah. and he'll eventually be good. Uh, I think it's interesting. I, I've always found Bloodseeker to be a very boring hero, so this makes him a little bit more, even yeah. more high-tempo than he was, I feel. So I welcome yeah. it. All right, next, uh, let's talk about my boy, Centaur, Cinderin. I stopped playing him when they added Retaliate. It used to be called Return, which 
You can rename it back to return if you like because it no longer has an active component that provides attack damage. It now returns 35% of your strength as damage. Oh, yeah. Retaliate base damage reduced. And it now does half damage to towers instead of full. Double edge cooldown reduced by one. And hoof stomp was... Uh, Mega was buff it? level one. Yeah, level one is quite a bit better. I guess everything about it essentially is uh, better than before. Yeah, it's just it's actually just better except the stun duration being a little bit lower. But everything else is better. Lower so, mana cost on all levels except for the last one. More damage, lower cooldown. So his talent also changed, which I will mention this one, from 25 base damage, which obviously synergized with Retaliate, to just 40 damage now. But you always take the double-edged strength damage now because, Cinderin. I actually have not seen any games of this hero pros playing it, but I have played him. You now do one three one again. The old school max double edge. You're just back to the old centaur. I love it. It's all about burst damage. It's all about you got to get a hood now, all the time. I assume. Yeah. Uh, anything else I'm missing? You can he's, add your mini stun back to double edge, please. Thank you. He's definitely back to being more of a spell burst hero almost if you will although he obviously still has his ulti instead of the old what was the old one called great fortitude i think great the one fortitude. that just gave strength that's right <clears throat> 40 Excuse strength me 40 strength that's more than a reaver for those trying to keep track it used great to be ability. 12 24 36 which 40. doesn't sound very impressive nowadays but back then it was a lot of strength yeah he was um, a beefy boy but yeah i think I don't really have a problem with this. Uh, in a way, Retaliate was kind of a weird design for this hero to an extent. Like, Yes, I agree. It's kind of like he... Instead of being this tanky frontliner that goes in and sets up fights, stuns, and bursts people, he became like a semi-carry for X seconds, but it was dispellable. It was like really weird. Mm. Uh, where counterpicking Centaur largely revolved around getting something like Oracle, because then the hero was bad in lane, because then they retaliate, which just get removed whenever you used it, or uh, itemizing against him to dispel, etc., etc. So I like this design. I think the original Centaur is just cool. Um, so I'm happy with it. I don't know if this is a better hero, though, but that's a different story. I think he's probably weaker right now, overall, for Pro Dota. Because a big part of Centaur's appeal was his ability to be strong in lane. And I think he is... In some spell combos, he might be better because of how often you can do the hoofstomp double-edge combo. But We're yeah, going to see it again, Cinderin. We're going to see the Shadow Demon Centaur lane. I've forgotten every other combo that I used to do with this hero. Who else is there? Oh, God, who was it? There was another big one with Shadow CM Demon. CM Centaur was pretty common in the past sometimes. That's definitely good. She has a good. slow and a root. Not what I'm thinking of, but yeah, either way. Lion Centaur. You ah, love Lion. Fuck Lion. No, the hero doesn't exist anymore. Okay. So I'm happy with this change. Uh, mm -hmm. This is going to be a pattern, which I want to talk about at the end, about reverting a bunch of skills. But let's move on to Clinks, which is another revert, as it were. Good Lord, what a change <clears throat> log. Yeah, let's, let's not go through the whole thing, uh, but Strafe is a basic ability again, grants 200 attack speed and 100% evasion against ranged attackers. Uh, Skeleton Walk now provides invisibility and movement speed, does not end uh, when invisibility when casting his spells. That's, I don't think, was that ever a thing? I don't think so. No. So that's definitely new. That's new. Uh, Burning Army is now a scepter ability, which summons five skeletons in a 1300 line. 
and Death Pact has been reworked and is now his ultimate again. Consumes a target friendlier enemy creep, gaining a percentage of its hits points as max HP and damage. Gains 14% of the target's current health as damage and gains 100% as HP. Since some people, I don't know if it's been fixed, where you make very, uh, what was it that you were eating an illusion of something? And yeah, you could eat your own ridiculous. illusionist cape, which was a bug, and got Yeah, you fixed. just buy a bunch of hearts and then, yeah. Yeah. With a manta or whatever. So what do you think about... First of all, why did they change this hero? Okay, can I just... Can I do a little rant first? Yes, of course. This hero right now, I think this is the most broken combo I can remember seeing in Dota for like five years. Clinks plus Enchantress. I played against it one game, and I mm. felt... I felt it was so fucking stupid. <laughs> I was like, how can I even possibly counter this? This is so of absurd. The eating the creeps from Enchantress that are buffed? So Enchantress Enchant spell gives creeps plus 1,200 health mm. that she enchants. So she would enchant one of the big creeps in the jungle that would then have 2,500 HP. And then Clinks would eat it with Death Pack, giving him 2,500 HP and 300 permanent damage. While Wait, permanent? Well, almost permanent, right? 60 second cooldown. And what's the duration? 65. So yeah, you can just keep funneling him big creeps from the jungle. I see. Their clinks was literally running around three-shotting heroes with one item. He bought Orchid, and then he was three-shotting people. Like, so this was fuck? updated. I actually didn't... Let's see. So this one with Death Pact, health gain reduced at the earlier levels. The it was after the nerf. I was going to say, that doesn't change anything with level three. And Death Pact damage gain... Uh, Reduce at the early levels again. So it's the same level three regardless. Ench Clinks is mega busted. And I think I think the obvious that. fix to this with Death Pact is not letting it target player controlled units. Because it's mm. like it's one of those things where you can be like, yeah, but it's a cool interaction. These heroes, you know, it's it's nice when heroes have kits that synergize. You could pick something cool and make it work together. It's just super broken. So which way do you go about it? Do you nerf? Death Pact so that you can't target inches or so that it gives less. Do you nerf Enchantress's creeps having more health? Then it's kind of, you know what I mean? Then it feels like a workaround where you're nerfing a core aspect of a hero just because of its broken synergy with one other hero. Mm -hmm. Then I'd rather you remove this ability to have these heroes. Well, Valve needs like to decide that. whether it's a bug or a feature, right? That's the big it's question. It's definitely not a bug. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, based on the text of the spells, they're working exactly like intended. It's just mega broken. <laughs> That's the problem. Think of, think of it this way. It wasn't fixed. He also in got an C attack then. point buff, right? He got an attack point buff from 0.7 to 0.4. So he attacks. Mm. It's way easier for him to get attacks in. And those attacks now deal more damage. Like, and Clinks doesn't have to. One of the problems old Clinks had, this is the, the rollback to the old Clinks with the old Death Pact, was he was fragile, right? And he needed Death Pact to be running to feel strong. But now the uptime of Death Pact is so high and the impact that it has with what you eat is so much bigger that the hero is just he's really nutty with the right okay so that sure aside much. what do you feel about right. the hero do you like that they oh. reverted him back uh i don't really I will know say, i'm not much of a I'm not much I, of a clinks player or fan to be honest yeah, i'm not really i'm the same and i think we've had this conversation before i and this was after they changed it to the newer version yeah uh where death pat was that even a did they was there a time that they didn't have death pact at all or was that just the basic ability um, I mean, either way, uh, Death Pact as a skill, I do not like the idea of, especially on a hero that can hit really hard. 
it it just it's a feel bad mechanic where like right now you've had to buff it enough to where it basically has 100 percent uptime right and that's when it gets super scary like before it felt really bad that you if you're running out of your the digestion period or whatever you think hey hold on i gotta go eat a creep real quick i think that whole right, idea right. is really yeah. stupid i really hate that but now you don't have to do it as much, but then that makes it kind of broken in a lot of cases. Uh, yeah, I just don't like the skill. I've never liked the skill ever since Dota One. Not not one of my faves. I could I could see that. It's it's really not one of my favorites either, uh, design wise. But whether this overall clinks is a better design than the other one, I don't know. Uh, I think the other one, it had some some cool plays in laning stage with Death Pact where you could counter specific heroes like Beastmaster, you could eat his boars, or you could counter Chen by eating his creeps, etc., etc. Um, but now that it's an ulti, that part of the hero is gone. So now the, the lane counter, if you will, that Klink's has is kind of more around strafe, where you can counter projectile. Uh, or does it not dodge projectiles anymore? Doesn't look like it, just 100% evasion. 100% evasion against range attackers. I don't know. Like the old strafe dodged projectiles too. When you used it, you could dodge Venge stun and stuff. Um, yeah, I thought that was so, a, cool, a cool thing yeah, to have. I, I actually, I have to admit, I don't know if Strafe does that right now. I haven't tried the hero because it's like one of my least played heroes of all time, as is evident from when we tried it in A to Z, and I was terrible uh, with this. I hero. remember Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, one of my favorite moments in life. Yeah. But uh, yeah, okay. overall, I mean, fine rework. Uh, I know one of the players that was the most passionate about this hero, Crit from EG. Thought it was a huge shame because he had played it for like 150 or 200 games, the new one. Mm. And he loved playing it as support. And then this happens. And now I don't really know if you can even play it as support anymore. I don't yeah. see it. So. Oh, maybe that, that's, that's why they changed the it. That's part of hero that was gone. Because he was playing yeah, as support. But, he ruined it for everybody. But it's not. Like, that's something we've talked about before, right? Hero design. I think it's interesting when heroes can play multiple roles. And it's not I streamlined agree. where there's one play style. And that is something you paid here. I don't think Clinks is a support anymore. So you took away a role from the hero by reworking it or mm -hmm. reverting it, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Yeah. Tons of talent changes. Just if you guys want MMR, you pick Clinks and Enchantress together, but don't tell anyone that I, I told you. Just uh, just get your Thanks, filthy Cinderin. blood points and get out of here. When you lose with that combo, you can tweet at Cinderin and let him know the reason you is because you're mid-fed. <laughs> you're mid-fed. It wasn't your fault. Okay. Broken combo can be countered. I have to degree. say as a disclaimer, I only played against it one game, but even that one game is enough for me to be confident that this is something absolutely I mean, that, bonkers. That literally sounds that as broken was, as it, it gets. Not, yeah. It was not normal. You know, sometimes you lose to something and you're like, oh, it's broken, and then you play against it another 10 times. You're like, okay. I was trying to think of how do you possibly handle a Klinks that just gets double health and damage for free? That's mm. basically what's happening when he's playing with Ench the whole game. Uh it's like you have to jump through so many hoops to actually handle it that it, it can't possibly be fair. I don't know. So we're gonna me. we're gonna skip ahead a bit. Um, we'll briefly mention a couple of heroes that got reverts because yeah. that's kind of a theme like we talked about. But Sand King uh, basically got a new skill, kind of. Caustic Finale has been reworked. Attacking an enemy now places a debuff that slows the enemy by 25% movement speed for five seconds. If the target dies during the five-second debuff, an explosion deals 130 plus 22% of the target's max HP in a 500 AoE. So tell me why this isn't really strong. This sounds really cool. I like it. Because this, first of all, his ult is shit. They need to rework that. But Caustic Finale is Excuse really me? cool now. I hate his ult. 
I've always hated Epicenter. this. Book. Epicenter is a great spell. I love Epicenter. I know you. I knew you. Anyway, we're um, talking about caustic finale. Okay, okay? Yeah. just let me have so, that. So, <clears throat> so let's think about what this does in the laning stage first, right? So the old caustic, you could just apply to creeps, and they would explode after five seconds, regardless right. of their health. They would deal damage, and if they died fully, the explosion was more damage. Now the target has to die. So if you hit someone, a creep, and it doesn't die after five seconds, it doesn't explode. Mm-hmm. Um, it still allows for the play in lane where you tag like two or three creeps and then kill and start an explosive chain. Um, I guess, I don't remember what the old damage value was on the explosion, but I would assume this is about the same when you add in the percentage in lane. Uh, and then the big thing, obviously, is during team fights later. 500 AoE is relatively big, so if you put this on a tanky enemy hero and kill it, you deal insane AoE damage later in team fights. So this has mid and late game potential through the roof when you get these hits off into kills. Um, 22% of target's max health is... A that is a lot cases. against some heroes. It could be, it could be 500 damage against a 2.2k health centaur, 15 minutes into the game, um, <clears throat> plus the 130. So that would be like 680 or whatever. In 500 uh, six, area, which is pretty big. Yeah, 500 area is pretty big. So yeah, this is definitely it's definitely really strong compared to before. Uh, but I'm not fully convinced yet if it's better or worse in the early stages of the game. Because the guaranteed slow is nice when you hit someone. 10% level 1, it's something. Um, but I'm more thinking about this explosion thing where you can't just tag all the mobs as a threat and you know they're going to explode. Now you have to kill them right? Um, and start that chain. So maybe some things are weaker. But Well, what about uh, his... I mean, in the good. mid to late game, do people... I know people stop buying ags on this hero, but does it still apply? Yeah, it still applies caustic finale. Uh, wait, does it? Adds cost so. of finale, poison heroes hit. So you get to slow multiple heroes if you get multiple burrow strikes from ridiculous range. And, and if, if you they kill die, them, they, they explode do a shit ton and you of don't damage. need to hit them for that. It's kind of good, actually. Yeah. That's true. I haven't thought too much about the eggs. Sounds good. Because you stun through heroes. When your stun expires, they're slowed. And if any of them dies, you don't have to worry about hitting them to proc the explosion. Now it will just do that from this. So yeah, I think that's. I think that's cool i agree that is cool glad yeah. to see so you don't you wouldn't be okay with a rework on uh, epicenter i don't think it's necessary i think it's a great spell okay i think it's a cool spell design i think it's fun it makes for some awesome plays um yeah I, i'm not mad at epicenter okay snapfire okay. uh this one i wasn't going to talk about originally but i did want to have a small discussion mm-hmm. so little shredder is the only one we'll talk about no longer yeah. reduces enemy attack speed now reduces armor by one per attack for four seconds. Uh, how many? Sorry, how many things are in Shredder? Uh, it's you hit six times, so minus six armor for four seconds. Yeah, and damage has been reduced slightly at the earlier levels, yeah. but still eighty yep. at the the highest. So that in combination with the twenty five talent uh, that now gives you three x little Shredder multi shots. So here here's the thing that. I don't quite understand right now. So the idea, I remember when this hero first came out, I was like, wow, you could build her as a semi-carry. She sounds so cool with with little Shredder, especially when you get the level 20 uh, talent that allows you to have your attack damage be applied to little Shredder. just feels like it's way too late. Like, why would you start transitioning at 20 and now 25? Like, I like the idea of being able to build this mm-hmm. way, right? 
but it doesn't feel realistic in 90% no. of games. I don't... And the other thing is, I don't... I tested this myself. I'm not really sure if Little Shredder is better level 1 than it was before. Because, yeah, this minus 6 armor, it sounds like so much, but it's 4 seconds, which is a really short time. And Little Shredder itself deals way less damage on the first level. It went from 35 to 20. That's a big reduction. So, I'm not... I'm not. I feel like if I'm playing Snapfire support, I'm still not skilling the spell. I don't know. Like I will skill it for the usual reasons, such as breaking Tombstone or Supernova. But I don't know if I would want it in lane. Maybe in some specific matchups where the minus armor is really good for my lane partner or something, like mm. Bristleback. You know, somebody that does physical damage spells, Slardar. Maybe then, because uh, then his bash hits like a truck, right? Maybe you could do something like. That. But for the most part. Not really sold. And yeah, the core aspect, which I think is... It's just like... When is core Snapfire better than another core if you're going physical build? Like, what does she offer that others don't? Because then, if you're playing carry Snapfire, then you're not using your ulti, which is arguably the best spell the hero has. Yeah. And... Yeah. That's just like... It's just so counterintuitive. You remember when this hero came out and we talked about the kit, whether the spells would work together? And I was a little bit uncertain. I think that still st- that still holds true. It's still if you're the playing case. As a core. <laughs> if you're playing yeah. a physical damage, like how do you use your ulti? Do right. you use one shredder volley and hope somebody dies, and then what? Then do you need a refresher? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just weird uh, as a as a core. So I think if that's what they're trying to do with this, which it looks like, right? Three times shredder multi shot. It's it's just not it, good. It man. feels like know. it's this slow it's transition to where they want to get to a point where that will be the alternate build that you can feasibly yeah. build but I, like, I appreciate that i just don't think it's good no i i agree like if let's for example say the little shredder uses your attack time if, th- if that was 15 instead of 20 do you think that makes any difference yes you think people would start going because you still have this bottleneck where you're only really doing damage with the build that you're going with while little shredder is active because the downtime is miserable <laughs> that's what really feels bad on this hero Getting that, that on level point. 15 would be pretty strong though, right? Because then suddenly you hit an item timing with one good damage item. You can have that at level 15 and then you activate little shredder. Like imagine you have a Daedalus and level 15. Then suddenly I you can't could farm really a Daedalus that but, fast. But I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry. But, I mean, I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> it's so far from anything I've tried with this hero that I genuinely have no idea how good it would even be. Yeah. So I, I think we're, we're both in agreement then that it, it's cool that they're trying to do that, but it's just not there yet. Essentially. I think so, yeah. Okay. That's what I feel. Uh, next, my boy Sven. So this is a revert for the most part, right? Um, well, first of all, I have to mention Stormhammer Dispel Talent is now able to target Cyclone units and dispel it off. That is fucking cool. Because the first time that they added that, I'm thinking, what does this even dispel like in a normal game? Like, is it very, it felt very um, dependent on like certain lineups or whatever. But now yeah. with Cyclone, like that's almost every game. Everybody has a Yules, right? So that's really cool. It's really good. Um, but the spell that we're going to be talking about is both Warcry and God's Strength. So Warcry no longer provides any bonus damage. Movement speed is now provided for allies as well. Cough, cough, that used to be the case. Uh, and speed has been reduced slightly. Uh, in addition, God's Strength no longer provides strength. It gets more damage now instead, and it lasts for way longer. I don't remember it ever lasting yeah. 40 seconds. That Am I wrong in that? That is a big change. I don't think it's ever lasted that long, though. So what do you think of this semi-revert? Let's just start with Warcry, I guess. That's I think he's much a much thing. stronger hero now. Uh, and I think Warcry... I, I don't know what's the biggest part of it, if it's Warcry or if it's God Strength, but 
it's a really big deal giving your entire team 20% move speed. Like that is so much. It's more than an activated drum. Um, it's really, really good. Um, about the God Strength thing, 15 seconds extra duration is a huge buff because Sven used to have this problem where if you don't win the fight and God Strength expires, you're kind of fucked, right? Then the hero is just weak. But this transformation spell lasting 15 seconds longer is yeah, it's huge. Huge. I actually thought the route they might go would be CDR, but they didn't reduce the cooldown. They just made it last longer because that's the other way of doing that, right? Like you give mm -hmm. him more uptime, basically. Remember when you could purge this off? <laughs> God strength? Yeah, that was oh, so God. bad. Hero is so garbage. Yeah, uh, you true. People put defusal against Sven and Dota. You purge one. both yeah. Warcry and God strength at the same time. Yeah. Oh, that hero was shit. Okay, anyway, I I do like the God strength change, and it's nice to see Warcry back. I suppose. Um. I don't know. What do you think of reverts? And I, I guess we'll get to that at the end. The reverts mm -hmm. in general, um, but overall, I like okay. these changes for him. I have to just say, it's possible during this episode that my sound has been alternating because yes. it started lower and I, then I increased your it windows. because it was pointed out. <coughs> There's been a Windows update and it's just fucked with this. Yes, and it's really ruined. Why does you. it do this? Because oh, it wait, hates it's you. Probably, it, it's probably after I reinstalled Zoom. Yo, let me just check this. Where are the settings in this shit program? Guys, I'm not editing this podcast. You're going to hear every part of this tech support that occurs right now. Where are the settings for this garbage? I'm not telling you. This is for you to decide. This is, my, this is why I don't work tech support anymore. An old lady would call me on the phone. How do I access my, my calendar? Well, my now God. I left the meeting. That ain't good. Oh, my God. All right. I'm pausing this. We'll be back very shortly as Cinderin has failed beyond belief. Fuck. Okay, test, test, test. And we're back because I'm an amazing tech support person that you told Cinderin to <laughs> click buttons, and he clicked them very I successfully. I figured it out all on my own. Don't lie. Don't Good lie. job, Cinderin. I'm You're very a, smart. I am very guy. smart. Yeah. Uh, so are, where were we? Were we done with Sven? We I think we were. Okay. He's, he's uh, much better now. And he's been pretty bad for a couple of months, so I think it's fine that Sven gets some gets some love again. He I might agree. be too good, but we'll see. So let let's move over to Tiny, and I will only talk about his tree grab, and I'm gonna be crying some serious tears here. Tree grab no longer slows Tiny by thirty movement speed. Tree grab now has a five hit charge limit. The bonus damage from it has been rescaled to a static twenty five percent, which was equivalent to about two and a half levels from before. The building damage has been increased by 70% at its highest level, and the splash damage at has also been increased uh, by 40% at the highest level. I was only looking at level 4 for each. So mm -hmm. so those that's the major revert. So usually when I say revert, it's, oh, this is just the original Tiny they had back in the day. That's not the case. They had the original Tiny, who was awesome. You'd go mid, you get a blink dagger right away, just burst people down over and over. Then they mm -hmm. added this god-awful tree grab, which really only feels awful because there was a limit to how many swings you have. And then you have to think about all this cooldown reduction shit. You have to throw your tree away and then have to wait X amount of seconds to be able to get a new one. You have to plan ahead. It's like having a death pact, essentially. And then they got rid of that and got rid of the, the they nerfed the spell as a whole, but then gave you the tree grab at all times, which was great. Then I liked him again. Now he's back to shit tier tiny again. I'm sure we'll see support tiny and all this garbage. You're yeah. going to tell me it's great? I hate but the design. No, I hate I'm, it. I'm going to say, was the other one great is my question. That you're what just running one? around with a permanent tree that cleaves. Is that a good spell? 
Okay, if like, I not, had not to in terms choose... of is it good in the game, but is it good design? Like, was right, that let... a good, well-designed spell? Let's rank the tinies. Okay, number three, the worst, is this one, okay? Which is equivalent to the one that was early that we talked about. The second best was the one that it just was. The best best, mm. the first, is the original tiny! Just put Craggy in the original exterior? tiny! What? Craggy exterior? Craggy ex- See, craggy exterior was great because it was a shit spell for the most part, <laughs> but it didn't matter because his other skills were so good, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with you maxing Q and W, if you gave, killing people. Yes? If you gave him craggy again, I think he would be pretty bad, right? Like Then he would only be a support. Because well, you would have no scaling potential. They nerfed like his avalanche and toss so many times back like years ago at this point. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I I don't think this is that bad. Wait, but... what do you mean he wouldn't scale? He had ags, remember? You get the tree with ags. You were OP. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So then you went then you had to go the ags route if you were core. There was no yes. there was like no flexibility. You absolutely had to buy that item if you wanted to be physical. Great. So yeah, tiny. that's true. Then there was that. So there was like a forced item build for a core tiny, basically, if you wanted to be carry. Um, That's right. Because you couldn't do it. Without. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what's better or worse, uh, honestly. All I can say is I look at this and I'm not mad at it. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's going to be super annoying to play with. And for in some ways, I think this is a buff to support tiny because of the much bigger impact level one tree grab has, right? As support tiny, you don't get to wail away at people like 20 hits in a fight. You get to do a couple, but the bonus damage on level 1 being 25% is a pretty big deal for support tiny, right? Yep. All um, the numbers are better at level playing, 1. But yeah, if you're playing core tiny, I don't know. Now you have no way of getting permanent tree. There's not the old eggs, and you don't have the permanent tree anymore. So maybe this pigeonholes him a little bit away from being a better core than he was before. Uh I did play against a core tiny yesterday, though, and he had really, really high farm and levels while playing mid tiny. So I definitely think it's still doable with uh, with this new tree gram. I hate him. Yeah. I hate That's this okay. hero. Okay, I hate it. Okay, thanks. Next, Underlord. Uh, his uh, this was the weirdest one. Attack range increased from one fifty to one seventy five. How many here? How many melee heroes other than Monkey King have higher than one fifty now? Can you? Doom had 175, and now he has 200. He got buffed as well. Oh. Uh, okay, Atrophy Aura no longer provides permanent bonus damage. The Aura Creep Death Damage has been rescaled. Instead of 5, it is now 4, 5, 6, 7. And the Atrophy Aura Damage Duration has been increased by 15 at level 4. Uh, Firestorm, you can cast it a little bit faster now. Wait, cast point reduced. Cast point is the lower the better, right? Yes. It's, so it's been reduced slightly. Um, the AOE has increased, which I believe they might have nerfed again. Uh, I'll have to check in a second. Don't think so. To max of 490. <laughs> and the debuff no longer ignores Ancients, but still Roshan is immune to it, essentially. Uh, what do you think of these changes? Let me, let me check the next patch. I know Underlord got some changes. Atrophy Aura is 900 AOE instead of 1200. Oh, it's the cast range of Pit of Malice uh, was reduced. Yep. And Firestorm. Yeah, so this hero had an insane boost in win rate when this patch came out. He went up, I don't remember how many percentage points it was, but I feel like it was like 10, almost like huge increase. 
Because it's obviously a big deal when a hero just gets freebies like this. Like, more AoE on your damage spell, more AoE on your disable spell. Mm. And the honestly, I kind of like that Atrophy Aura doesn't give permanent bonus damage anymore. I, I might be in a minority on that, because I think... Like, for a lot of people, that was a fun thing to try to rack up just, like, with lion finger kills or with legion damage or with, you know. Um, but but it felt awkward on the hero. Like, with its design, it was weird for Underlord to try to build up permanent damage because he wasn't really using it particularly well anyway. Uh, so I'm I'm not I'm not too mad at this uh, at this rework. And when people saw that, they were like, "This hero is dead." Or not people. I saw on Reddit people were like, "Oh my god, rip Underlord!" And then his win rate went up by ten percent. <laughs> Those <laughs> <You know>? people, because <clears throat> because people, you love gravitating toward permanent buffs because it sounds so powerful to have something extra permanently, right? But then you mm. think about how Underlord plays fights and how often do you really get to hit with your permanent bonus damage in most games with your Underlord builds? Yet you don't build this guy as a carry for the most part. You don't get like yes, AC hyperstone builds where you get a lot of attacks in. You buy auras. No, you're I, an aura machine running around, disabling and shutting people down and tanking damage. So, so you're talking about your level of play, okay? People go carry on this hero at ancient level, at the very least. Well, maybe sometimes I, I just, divine. Yeah, I okay. You, I just you haven't start, really seen you it. You start in the off lane, but you still play as carry. That's the trick, okay? That's what people can't get mad at you. I mean, I it's just it's just different, right? So beforehand, the permanent damage technically allowed a direction like that, but it was unused, uh, basically yeah. in Pro yeah. Dota, at least in high level. Uh, and now you can't do that anymore, but everything about the hero is better apart from that. Yeah, so he definitely looks stronger. The and things that matter in every game are better, and that's why his win rate is up so much. He's, he might even get nerfed a second time. We'll see. Um, but I'm happy Underlord got some love. And I think, I think part of the problem with the hero is it, it, it's not very, a very popular hero to play because there's nothing flashy. You know what I mean? Like... You put down your spells, and that's it. You can't like make amazing escapes or amazing skill shots. Like, yeah, you can land a good pit of malice, but it's not, you know, like that feeling of reward when you do. Something he hit cool that isn't there, huge saying. area. Goodness, how did he hit that with such uh, a large AOE spell that he has at his disposal? Well, Dark Rift can be cool one, in certain situations. He has one flashy spell, which is Dark Rift, where you can yeah. make a sick escape or save, but it's super difficult to use, especially at lower levels of of play. Uh, because it has such a long cast time or activation time and people need to coordinate for it. And even then, if your coolest spell is teleporting everyone back to base, that's... <laughs> I know it has aggressive plays, but they get used very rarely, right? It's it's very difficult very to use. It's just hard. Yeah. So what I suggested actually is a possibility of a rework for that spell to make it way more fun and rewarding to play where imagine, imagine instead of targeting a unit, you created a portal where you stand and a portal X range away. And then people can move through that portal to the Hop other Hop in the portal! Get in the portal! And then you can like balance it in many different ways based on you need to channel the portal to travel through it or you can get enemies slowed when you arrive. Anything like that. Like, cause I enemies feel like that can makes get in it... the portal, Cinderin? I don't know. If you think that's fun. That is it's fun. More like... Dude, what if you it's put it in like, your fountain and you pretend it's somewhere else? You trick the enemy somehow, and they end up in your fountain. That is an amazing spell. Doesn't put it d- in immediately. Wouldn't that? Doesn't that sound a lot more fun to play though? 
Yes. If he had that spell instead of Dark Rift. And the, like, the cool thing is... The, I think have... conceptually it's really powerful, but you can balance it in so many ways. Cast range, distance, travel time, slow yourself when you get through portals, let enemy go through the portal, like whatever. Just make his ultimate feel like a more interactive part of the game that any player can use and feel like I made a cool play with this teleport that I that I consider. But right? the best part that about be that cool. is that they own the IP of Portal itself. So they don't have to worry about getting sued. They can use oh, the shit. same effects from Portal, which they Yo. have on IO. They can just reuse assets. Valve, you're saving time here. Think about the min-maxing that you can have. Dude, th this is a win-win for everybody. And you can make Portal cosmetics for Underlord. Nobody will care because he has a Portal now. It connects the lore between Half-Life, not Half-Life, Dota, and Portal. <laughs> okay. I can't remember if, if Half-Life relates between to Portal Dota, Portal, and not Half-Life. <laughs> Does Half-Life connect to Portal at all? I can't remember. Maybe not. It might be a new universe. Can't remember. Anywho, uh, yeah, we'll I was, I, I was anyway, hoping that, if like, anything, they would go down a road of expanding upon that carry aspect of Underlord. Because I think, mm -hmm. like, when I play, I know it's bad when I do it, play him as carry, but it was fun. It really was a lot of fun. So that makes me a little sad, but... But you, you would probably, I, I'm assuming you agree that a big part of the reason Underlord is not played so much or is unpopular is just that there isn't that like same fun factor of burst or flashy that a lot of other heroes have, right? Very mundane. Like that's, yeah, it's just a bit flat. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. I'm not saying my portal implementation or whatever is the saving grace and Underlord needs that. Like now that he's actually really good, it will probably, you know, it's more fun to play heroes that do well it makes you feel stronger in the game uh so he definitely doesn't need a buff by no means but it's one of the heroes on my short list where a rework could make it a lot more interesting for the average player to play and my choice would be on the ulti because i think the rest of his kit is is very unique and interesting it's just not super fun for casual players to use right yeah no i that's, agree that's what and i think you know who else needs a new fucking ultimate? Is undying, for God's sake! How many times do you have to remake this ultimate into the exact same thing it was? It has been this skill three separate times in the last 15 years, for <laughs> God's sake, undying. Why? So, Flesh Golem debuff no longer deals damage per second, nor increases damage zombies do. That was put in the last time. They remade this spell for the 20th time. And now Flesh Golem debuff now increases all damage the target takes by 35%, which was the case before. Am I wrong? Was it AoE before and not the person you're yeah. attacking? So before Flesh Golem, the, the damage amplification was an aura around you. The closer you were to the target, the more it was amplified. So I think it started at 1% and then it ended at 20 when you were in melee range on everybody around you. Yeah. And now it's people you hit, right? So, so you apply this debuff to somebody when you hit them in Flesh Golem. closer than ever to the original Undying ult that we talked about a few podcasts ago, which was in Dota 1, single target spell. That's the big difference. You put it on a hero, it just amplifies the damage done to them. That's all it did. Mm -hmm. So this is essentially that, but not in single target form. It's whoever you attack. Yeah. Full which... circle... Oh, has God. a lot of potential, to be honest, when you think about it. Like, this is a big damage amp. Yes, it is. And if you're playing support undying and you activate your ult, you're pretty tanky. Like, you can get in there and hit people once. You only need to hit them once. Remember that. Like, if you hit somebody, all of your team does 25% more damage. That is, that's big, actually. I think this is a huge buff to the hero.
Um, so, and I, I think, know you hate his ulti and don't think it's an ulti. <laughs> now, what does it do? It gives you a lot of health, strength, technically. And if you hit someone, your team goes ham. I don't know, man. Sounds pretty good to me. So here's the thing, okay? I'm, I'm a principled man. You know that. I don't think people mm. know that in general, but I think you would agree I'm a principled person. Whether this is good or not does not matter anymore. You have... This ult has been remade so many times. You have failed so many times with this ult. It's just time to delete it. Think of something brand new, okay? Just pretend this never existed. Delete it from your mind's eye. Enough with this fucking ult. Please. I'm done with it. I don't care if it gives you a thousand damage nuke on a one second cooldown. It's garbage. I don't want it. Done with it. Enough. I think the spell is cool. Thanks, Cinderin. There you go. Uh, You're welcome. Anyway, that is the patch. Uh, <clears throat> other reverse that we didn't mention, Medusa Split Shot is back to a toggleable. Um, and it's worse now overall if you just keep it on because your normal mm -hmm. attack is reduced in damage. Treant Leech Seed is a single target again. Venom Poison Sting no longer uh, reduces Reduce health regeneration. Him. And Wraith King Vampiric Aura. What was the difference now? It doesn't give bonus damage. And I can't even remember what it did. Mm -hmm. What else? How and there was, there was actually it? one hero we didn't mention in this, and I don't want to talk about it very much, but Doom, I still think, should be mentioned. He got a huge buff to Devour. Um, so that, that hero is probably coming back too. I don't know if that counts as a revert or not, because I don't know. Let's see. I don't Where remember how much going? he used to get, but he gets a lot more gold on lower levels from <clears> Devour. So good yeah, stuff. From 20 to 50 at level 1. That is quite the jump. Ah, that's, that's big. And did Sad they change his... Uh, the bonus gold is still there, but I think he still takes Scorched Earth damage, probably. Probably. Um, all right, so that is the patch. What What do you think of the patch as a whole, Cinderman? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like when there's so much happening, you need to play so many games to really feel. Um, what I'm happy about is that a lot of heroes I like have become more viable, because I feel like the hero pool before this patch was starting to get a little bit shallow in terms of the carries, for example. I think now there's more different options. I think a lot of heroes that were slightly under-tweaked have got some cool little buffs here and there that makes them more fun to play. So I like the patch overall. About the reverts, I think the majority of them are fine, are good, and improvements. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with and it overall, I guess. What but as thoughts? far as balance goes, I can't tell you right now. Like This Clink's Enchantress shit is busted. Apart from that, I don't know, man, but that is okay. busted. And do you have a stance on just reverting stuff in general? Do you like the fact that I, they look at things and say, hey, you know, this didn't work out. Let's yes, go back to work. I love that. I think it's something Dota has not done enough, actually. Because, But I know it's a slippery slope where it's like you try something and then you can easily jump to the conclusion that, okay, this was bad. Let's just revert it. I think it's good that you try to explore the ideas you have and give them a fair shot. Give them enough time. Maybe try to tweak them once or twice. If you still don't like it, just scrap it, right? Mm -hmm. Um. I think there's some things that, some macro things that I would like reverted. Like, you know, we could, we've been talking about this before in the podcast with forced objectives. I think at some point you could revert outposts. Just be like, do they add value to the game or not? And at some point you could be like, let's remove outposts. Like, we tried them for a long time. Did they make the game better? Yes, no. Uh, I personally think the XP should be gone, for example. Uh, now they've changed them again, so we'll see how it goes. Um, what about status I like resistance, them. Cinderin? Hmm? Status resistance, yes, that's the best example, actually. That could have been reverted entirely. Um, I think yeah, I like the, status the outposts, resistance. 
my my stance on outposts is that I don't think they're inherently bad. Like it's cool to have an outpost like that where you get a new strategic spot to teleport to. But I always found the forced fighting over them to get experience weird. Mm. Um, and like I've said before, I think I've said that on the podcast before. I love to try a version of Dota that doesn't have bounty runes and doesn't have outposts for like a week, just to see what it feels like again. To just have the map with no forced objectives. Uh, the only one that you can take would be Roshan, but he's optional. Right, uh, that's old Dota. Um, don't know, but yeah, reverting is good. Yeah, good. I think. I mean, for me, it's a case by case basis, as was evidenced by my rants that I went on. Centaur, love the fact that he's back to normal. I miss him. Well, I don't play Clinks. So I don't really care that much, but I just don't like uh, Dark Pact as a spell. I wish they would just get rid of it and think that whole thing over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Tiny made me very upset. Quite, quite <laughs> upset. Um, the rest, so I think at the patch as a whole, honestly, pretty boring, if I can be honest, uh, was hoping for some more drastic stuff. Like Sand King, that's a nice fresh change, right? I like fresh stuff. I want, I don't mind, at, like Bloodseeker, even though he's garbage right now, I like the idea. <laughs> I don't know if they got the idea from Underlords, but I, I would assume that they did. It's just, Possibly, it's yeah. a cool mechanic, right? We've never seen anything mm-hmm. like that before. Uh it's like a hero with a built-in armlet, essentially, uh, in a way, yeah. at least. So some of it's cool. Overall, nothing major, honestly. It's, uh, I, want, I want one of these big boy patches where they put in, put in Aghanim, Aghanim himself. 7228. No, it's going to be 727Z is the big one that I'm waiting for. Oh. Yes. Uh, next thing on the list is the Omega League, which was announced by. It's actually a joint operation between WePlay and Epic Esports, which is really cool because they have such high production value in general. Both are really good orgs. Uh, they have an online prize pool of six hundred thousand dollars, and it's going to be going on between July twentieth and, which was yesterday. I guess they're just doing qualifiers right now. Yeah, open up qualifier until, stuff. I think. Uh, September sixth. The league structure will include two regions, which is Europe CIS as one, and then the Americas. Uh, <clears throat> but the main stuff is going to be in the Europe. So Europe will have two divisions, Immortal, which out of the 600K is $500,000 of it. So that's going to be the main thing that people will be focusing on. 12 teams, which I read Cyborg Matt mentioned that EG will actually take part in the EU yep. division. So that'll be cool to see. And then they have uh, Divine, which is 50K, uh, which includes cert- some teams that lost in the Immortal Division. Uh, and then Americas will have two divisions, Divine, which is 31.5K, and then Ancient, 8.5K. So yep. your thoughts on this? This is uh, very cool. Good stuff. It's a big tournament. Um, it's cool that we have a team like EG play Europe. I think they might be traveling to play from Europe or something, uh, depending on you know the whole climate right now with Corona. Uh U.S. is doing a very great job right now at handling that, so surely there will be no problems there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what's not to love, right? Big tournament. Love the organizers. They put on amazing production. They've been for both of us in the past great to work with. Um, so that's that's great. And I'm just you know excited. I'm hopeful for this tournament to be good. Um, tons of good teams. As far as the prize pool division and the regions included, uh, I don't know if there's something that could have been done there to bring in a bit more Asian action or maybe make the American one a little bit more prestigious than it is with prize pool. Um, 
But again, because they're trying to bring the biggest NA team to Europe, maybe that's the logic here that uh, EG would take all the money in NA anyway, so let's put it in Europe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, possibly. NA has become more competitive, to be honest. It's not just like EG are big boys and everybody else is below. Um, there, there are other teams right now that can definitely take series off them. So I think an American division with all of the NA teams only could still have been very competitive. But yeah. We're not there yet, I don't think. Um, yeah, well, what, it's good what, stuff, though. What are your thoughts on... I actually didn't think about this too much when we were first talking about Corona and the effects that it would have on not having lands and whatnot. And at first, my reaction was, oh, online tournaments are going to obviously be the thing. That's going to be really good to see. And yeah. obviously, we would miss lands. <laughs> but for me, it's less about... I mean, obviously, I miss lands. But it's more... It almost doesn't feel like... Like right now, it doesn't feel like anything's happening. And then when something yeah. begins, it doesn't feel like it's ending. There's no true culmination. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like a true closure to a tournament because it's online, you know? And this is going to be, the, definitely I believe, the not. biggest one that we've we've had, I think. Yeah. Right? 600K overall. I think that's the biggest one we've that's, had so far. That's definitely the burden with the tournament organizer is to try to make it as epic as possible without having the players in person. And that's difficult. There's no audience. There's no live audience, so there's no like crowds um, spectacle, and there's you have very limited access to player camera shots and stuff. So uh, it's something that, for example, in CS:GO, they've really tried with having the players play from home, with all of them with cameras on, so that they can use that to make production value with showing player reactions and stuff. But it's never really going to be the same, right? And that's mm. that is what it is. But they hopefully they do a really good job to make it seem seem more land-like right that's yeah. what we should try and if anybody's gonna capture that it we play is uh whew, their production is redonk uh and i love the fact They're that they keep good. to like themes for like everything about we play it's uh it's not just because i've worked with them in the past well i guess maybe it is because i get to see it firsthand but i mean look how much they put into artifact cinder and those events were amazing nobody watched them but they were incredible truly <laughs> uh those sets were Awesome. Anyway, the last topic before we get to the mailbag. Uh, this won't take too long, but Twitter was recently hacked, Cinderin. Uh, all verified accounts were disabled temporarily, and hackers, because it was a Bitcoin scam, I suppose, got a reported $120,000 off of the scam. Basically, a lot of famous people like Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffett, Joe Biden, Bill Gates, they had tweets go out onto their accounts saying something to the effect of, I think they all started with, I am giving back to my community, which for Jeff Bezos, you should have known that was a scam to start because he would never say that. <laughs> uh, went on to say, all Bitcoin sent to my address, blah, 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 will net, I'll put in double, something to that effect. So verified yeah, accounts Yeah, that doesn't disabled. seem suspicious at all. If, <laughs> wow. I am a multi-billionaire. If you send me money, I will send you money back. Cinderin, uh... there's a lot of gullible people out there as we... Right. You know, a lot of young people, like, it's not just that they're dumb necessarily. I mean, I was dumb when I was young. You know, I'm still dumb, some would say. Wouldn't fall for a scam like that, though. But verified accounts were just disabled for a while while they fixed that issue. And the big thing here is the breach of security, right? It's like the scam itself, $100,000, the whole thing. It obviously sucks for everybody that lost it. But for me, it's the bigger implication that this is possible, right? Mm. Uh, that these big accounts can, that access can be compromised and uh, people can do this. Supposedly, 
from what I heard, I, I don't know if this is something you heard as well. I don't think we talked about it together that uh, it was an inside job that somebody on Twitter sold, uh, somebody in Twitter sold access to outsiders uh, to these accounts. And then the question was whether those people that it, this service was sold to got access to do it themselves or if the Twitter representative did it for them. Because right. there's a kind of a big difference, right? It's one thing if the Twitter person says, hey, I'll sell you this and I'll do it because then all of the security breach is with the person in the company. Whereas if they give access to something to other people, then suddenly there's a full-on breach where other people from outside have had access to everything, right? Mm. Um, don't know which one it was. Don't know if either of those is true. But regardless, like the fact that these big accounts could be compromised like this is obviously... I l- imagine imagine what could happen. Theory, imagine... Huh? Imagine on a political scale, if somebody hacked Donald Trump's Twitter account, what could actually be started with that? Nothing, because everyone, first of all, <laughs> if, he had, if he had tweeted out what they tweeted out, everybody would have thought it was real, right? Because, well, right. let's not get into that, actually. No, but... Um, but like, what can he tweet that he hasn't tweeted, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> he could start a war. He already tried to. He's already tried to do that. Well, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, Iran... Very close to going to war with Iran. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe you're right. Maybe nobody could. Who knows? Um, this is not about politics, though, Shannon. I know. Let's not go there. This has been a long episode. <laughs> so let's get to the uh, mail bag. So today's yes. mailbag question comes from none other than Nivnav. Congratulations on your first mailbag question. <laughs> uh, I believe this is his sixth that we've chosen. Yeah. Um, so Nivnav asks, do you think God, if God exists, has a human form, an alien form, or no physical form at all? And do you think God, if God exists, is living among us or watching above us from somewhere? I think we have pretty quick answers to this, okay. probably. But you can go first. Well, first we should mention that, I mean, I, I, religion is an interesting thing. I always found religion very fascinating. Um, I don't believe in any religion. I'll just say that now. I don't look down on people for believing in what they want to believe. That's, you know, do what you want. Mm-hmm. And yep. I always found like, the, I don't know if it's considered the lore. Like I had a religion class, religion 101 in college. It was fascinating learning about all these different stories that uh, originated from back when, like for even like Native Americans had interesting stories, like things that I never even knew about. But for me... So do you think God, if it exists, has a human form, alien form, it has no physical form at all? Uh, probably it's something beyond imagination if it exists. That's the way I would look at it. Uh, and I was looking up what my belief is versus other people and what it would be called. And I think the closest thing I could come up with, which I was shocked by, was actually shared by the four, is it the forefathers? The forefathers of the United States, Sindarin, people like George Washington, mm-hmm. actually believed in something called deism, which is you believe in an entity created stuff, but they don't look over you. All right? They don't even know you exist, potentially. Right. Okay. So that's maybe the closest. Because I, I feel like something, like the Big Bang and all that happened, sure. But what happened before that? There, there's something, whether it's a being or not, I, that I don't know. That is definitely a mystery, yeah. Like, I don't think we can ever answer that. Mm-hmm. I feel, feel very strongly that nobody's looking over us. Nobody's watching over us and making sure we're being good boys and girls. I don't think there's an afterlife. We've already talked about that. 
Um, but I think it's something that we literally cannot imagine, whatever it is, yeah. at least not yet. I think I think that's a really good answer. I feel, <clears throat> or well, not good answers, like good Thanks, job, Sandra. Shannon, you said what you think. I was going to say I agree with basically everything. That's kind of the same way I think about it. Like I love mythology. I think some mythologies are amazing, especially Norse I love. That's great. Um, I remember playing Age of Mythology. I'm sure a lot of people have played that game and just finding it amazing. Like the, Even though it's only small like tidbits of lore or whatever, just the whole... Like all of the stories and all the history that comes with religion is is really cool in a lot of uh, in a lot of religions. The Egyptian one as well. I I love that one. Greek, uh, Roman. So, as far as if God exists, I'm personally agnostic. I guess I would say that's the best I have. Where it's like I, I don't I firmly, yeah. I don't firmly believe because. Like, in a way, atheism is a religion too, right? It is the belief that God doesn't exist. So that's a, a religion too, right? It's just a very minimal one where it's like, this is my belief. And I'm kind of in the position where I'm like, there is a possibility it exists, but I don't believe in any particular God existing. And I don't believe we have any sufficient, like, any sort of proof or anything of it. Um, but I also don't firmly believe it doesn't exist, right? So I guess that's the. It also That's depends on your definition of what God is, right? Is it a being? It, does it have to be somebody that oversees you? Does it have yeah, to be true. something that's that created you? Also, like, yeah. It could be... Eh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> the reason I was laughing is I <laughs> when I was a kid, I, I used to... So I knew I wanted to be in video games somehow, right? This is when I was like teenager. And I would try to come up with cool video game concepts, Okay. And I remember playing black and white, right? Because you're kind of a god with your hand. Yeah. You're beating oh, the shit out of your monkey and all that game. stuff. And, you know, the concept was really cool. We've talked about this before. I didn't mm -hmm. think the execution was very good, but we'll agree to disagree on that. But Great. my idea, which I thought was, I legitimately thought was really good at the time, was almost like Smite, okay? Where you're like a third person perspective. It's an action game, and you get to pick a god or a religion or whatever and you're that person but the thing that made it unacceptable was the first thing i would think of is how cool would it be to play jesus with a machine gun <laughs> and <laughs> nobody would be okay with this concept concept <laughs> moses with a machine gun. <laughs> like that sound sounded so cool to me as a kid but now i know it would just not be acceptable unfortunately <laughs> i would play that though honestly it sounds really epic um, right. I'm being corrected by chat, Shannon. I don't yes. know. I can't. I can't say this for sure. I'm being told in chat, atheism doesn't believe there is no god. It simply is that you don't believe there is sufficient evidence that a specific god exists. Is that the definition of atheism? Isn't it the mm. belief that there is no god if at all? So then that not means that it can be more than one. There could be thing, one, but you don't think there's proof. Isn't it the belief that there really is none? Uh, is there a technical there's a technical difference between the two right yeah i think i thought it was actively saying no there is no god not yeah, that's i have I not yet seen proof that there is one i feel like that's more agnostic means that there, no yeah agnostic means there's no proof yeah so that's what i that's how i've always interpreted that's why i would say i'm agnostic because i think atheists believe in the absence of a god and right. agnostics believe that there's a possibility but it hasn't been it's not proven enough that there exists one that's okay. always how i've interpreted it 
Um, well, that was a fascinating discussion. But, uh, hopefully, one day we will see a character such as Buddha. But did I even answer Buddha. the question? Huh? Does it have a human form, alien form, or no physical form at all? No, you didn't. I'm kind of... I don't know. I, I kind of feel the same way you do. If there is some sort of creator that have created everything, it's hard to imagine its form, right? Because it would probably have to be something beyond anything we are familiar with. So, yeah. It's not like knows? a big version of but, us. Well, what do you think of the idea of no, the universe just being like... The entire universe is somebody's like testicle. Like it's just expands out... You know, we're just some small part of a bigger being. You like that idea? I don't believe that's the case, but it's of an interesting which, thing sorry? to think about. Like the, you know, as you zoom out of the solar system, uh -huh. it starts to look more there's... like a cell. You know, the cell yeah. within the cell or the atoms or whatever. What if we're just a big testicle? Mm. Like all of that's us. That's a good one to end on. Okay. I've not watched In Bruges. Thank you. I didn't even get to ask the question. How sad. Well, I'll ask it anyway. Have you seen in Bruges? Anyway, thanks for watching, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, Cinderin, uh, Suns fan, and Buddha with a machete chopping your head off, saying good night. Godspeed. Okay. Until next Bye. time. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.